Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Welcome to Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck is actually not here today, and my name is Linda Crater, and I will be taking Sandra's place today. So you will have Linda Franklin and Linda Crater today, so we'll try not to confuse you. <laughs> well, I, I like the Lindas and then the live, live, laugh, and love better. So we can get all the alliteration in here in the first segment. <laughs> yes. I can just keep working on that. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's um it's a great show today and and I always look forward to it. Sandra and I always have fun. It's very informal. We really let our hair down. So, um there's no there's no there's no airs going on on this show. We we call them as we see them. Uh, I think that sounds fantastic and it's a good way on the East Coast here to end our day as opposed to um normally I'm on a morning program and talking about very dry topics. So this is a real treat for me. Oh, terrific. Well, we're so glad to have you. Um, it's nice to have an East Coaster because, you know, as you know, Sandra's out in California, so we always get the times a little mixed up. <laughs> I, I find that I always confirm with everyone, is it East and West and I mid- know. Yeah. All and of, even yeah. when we do that, it still, get, it still gets messed up somehow. I don't know how that happens, but it, but it does. So, uh, yeah, three cheers for the East Coast this, this week. Well, it makes it a little bit easier. At least we know where we are. So, and you have had a very busy week, I hear. Well, um, you know, I'm working. Uh, well, you know, I just read. We hadn't, you know, for 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 our listeners, uh, Linda and I have not met before. So I was going over all of her websites and her credentials, and it, it, it's um, it's really amazing because we seem to have a lot in common because of our our work with veterans. Well, I thought you were going to say we had a lot in common because we're named Linda. Oh, well, <laughs> that seemed to be the name of the day, back, you know, back in the day. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yes, we both do work with veterans, and it's, it's a cause close to both our hearts. I think we work in different areas, though. You work specifically with uh, women veterans, correct? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we started Shining Service about five years ago and, you know, just, just focusing on the women because, boy, do they, they need to be in the spotlight. And, well, uh, and not- they, they often don't even ask for help because yes. women are very purposeful and feel like they can do things without help and that they often need it the most. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's what women do. They, they don't reach out and um, you miss out on so much when you don't. You know, whether you're a, a woman veteran or not, um, I always tell people because I, I do, you know, I fall, try to follow this myself. The worst someone can say is no, <laughs> you know, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. 
Well, and that's better than, as you say, not asking. If you don't ask for what you need or help, the, the good news is that women veterans are often the ones, too, that have children and family issues and different needs that are outside themselves. So in that case, they do tend to ask for help if it's not so much for them individually. They're very, very open and honest about helping other people, and they put themselves last oftentimes. Yes, well, yes, they they certainly do, and, and uh, a lot of women do that too. So, it, you know, uh, this I guess this lifetime is all about you know learning uh, learning about ourselves, and, and certainly uh, that's a good lesson uh, when you start to move yourself up on the priority list. And self care and self awareness and self development are all wonderful things that really do deserve our time. And uh, I've been working on more of that recently, reading a lot of very good books that I had been, and authors that I'd been interested in earlier on in life and then had neglected. So the John C. Maxwell and Jeff Olson and Jim Rohn, I, I don't know if you're familiar with those leadership experts, but I find that they give me pithy comments to carry along when somehow I just don't know what to do next. Yeah, no, all of that, you know, helps. I have been, uh, you know, I've, I've been, Sandra and I have been doing uh, a lot of programming here on Powered Up about, you know, spiritual paths, and we've mm -hmm. had different experts on uh, that were talking about that. So, I mean, that is something I've been very interested in, I guess, oh, my gosh, for the last <laughs> 40 years. Um, it, you know, it, it just, it, to me, it's just, so fascinating and and you know kind of the laws of the universe are so spot on and when you don't follow them you, you can watch yourself um, go into these little spirals and then when you jump back on on the path it you know it seems to pick up again so it's not an accident I mean it's 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 really the ways of the world you know Linda I, I absolutely agree with you I don't think there are any coincidences I don't think that people cross in your path unless there's a, what do they say, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And I also think we can do an awful lot to support our own growth as well as being very open to other people. And as you mentioned, spirituality, especially as you get older and maybe have been knocked around a few times, figuratively speaking, it really does begin to um, resonate with you. What is important? What is truly important? Yeah. No, and it really changes. I mean, if you if you don't if you're not changing through the years, <laughs> then then something is wrong. That you know, you're just not evolving. I mean, the things that were really important to me in my 30s and 40s um, are just not on top of the list anymore. I'm not saying they're not on the list at all, but they're certainly not uh, in the top 10. No, I agree with you. And and those priorities, they become more crystal clear, don't they? Yeah. As you get older, you start to prioritize the things that truly are going to matter, not the dramas that are not going to matter two days from now. Yes, and, and I, you know, as something is going on, it's that's nuts. Like I just did a renovation in in my uh, apartment here in New York City, and mm -hmm. you know, it took. Well, close to two months, and you know, so all of the little dramas that go on while while someone is you know traipsing in and out of your apartment and doing all of this stuff, and then I I, I was trying to tell myself as I would you know saying oh they gotta go they gotta go I can't take another minute, and I'm saying this is just 
this is not important at all. Just let it pass. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. In two months, you won't even remember it. <laughs> well, it, it, and there was that very special part about renovation called drywall dust. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> and for a neat freak like me, I said, oh, my God, I was walking around with the vacuum cleaner all the time. Not that it really helped, but... Um, you feel at least you feel like you're doing something. You're controlling I'm really it. Of course, you're not because I've given up on certain um, habits. That I, I think that when I was growing up, it was very much a habitual routine to to first uh, clean, dust, then vacuum, and and do all of those things. And and I really do prioritize friends and socialization and really being out and about and learning over cleaning my house these days. I'm afraid that that has taken a lower priority as time goes on. Yes. You know, I, I well, I, I, mine isn't as low as it should be, but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I think you sound more organized than, than I am right now, and I, I think that's very admirable. So in New York City right now, you are facing some of the same rain and weather that we're in. We went oh, from 91 yeah. degrees yesterday to 61 today. Yeah, well, you know, we were, uh, when I woke up this morning, it was 50, and now uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern time, it's 54 degrees. And, of course, they don't have any of the heat on the apartment, so, it, I mean, it was really chilly today and rainy, but tomorrow's supposed to be a little bit better. But, yeah, over the weekend, it was 80-something 80, 80 degrees, so... It's just jumping around like crazy. Well, it's funny. I only mentioned the weather because I think all of us have great friends. And, and of course, the radio station is in Texas where they had the baseball-sized yeah. hail and the horrible floods. Oh, horrible. And, you know, we really have nothing to complain about when no, you think no. about so many of these families who are losing everything oh, to gosh, yes. the horrendous uh, you know, and in California, they have the drought. I mean, you know, so we've been pretty lucky, uh, you know, you know, well, on the East Coast so far. I don't know. Obviously, things are changing big time because we never had weather like this. I don't remember, you know, having weather like this ever. Uh, but because every day you turn on the on the TV and you hear some new, you know, horrific thing. I mean, I mean, look at the typhoon. What is it? Was it in China yesterday when it overturned that 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 ship? It oh broke. my gosh! Right. Yeah. So, you know, things are changing, um, and we just have to kind of go with, with, with the flow because if we try to fight it, it it's, it's kind of a useless effort. And I always no, I, tell Sandra, keep ourselves in our little bubble and, and say, okay, everything is going to be okay, and no matter what happens, we're, we're going to get through it and, it, and it, and it's fine. And I think our guest today will probably have that same philosophy. I hope so. I so. absolutely agree with you. I, I think that today matters, and we do put things in a prioritization that really makes sense. And um, the little stuff just doesn't matter over time. So I think that's a really good way to look at things. I also think that these positive attitudes can be cultivated. And so I don't know about you, but I work very hard to um, keep myself uh, um, choosing positive because a lot of the time it is a choice. Oh, oh, yeah, and um, <laughs> I just know when I don't, and I, you know, I don't, it just, the, the, the difference between feeling good and feeling bad is so dramatic that, you know, when I'm feeling that bad thing, it's just like amplified a million times and say, I just got to, you know, I got to get out of this place and, and go back. So if you just focus on something better, it really works. 
I, I agree with you. I believe we're coming up on the break right now, and uh, I'm so excited to be with you today. You're listening to Powered Up Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. I'm Linda Crater, standing in for Sandra Beck today, and thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Welcome back to Powered Up Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. I'm Linda Crater, standing in for Sandra Beck today. I am so pleased to introduce our guest for the hour. Betsy Chassie is joining us today, and I... An introduction would take a great deal of time, and we'll let her tell you about her. But just to give a little overview, she's a mom, a filmmaker, a producer, an author, a blogger, a speaker, a screenwriter, and a consultant, which is a whole <laughs> hat store. And we are so very, very pleased to have you here on Powered Up with Franklin and Beck. 
Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I love hats. I don't know if you've seen any of my pictures, but I often have pictures of me in hats because I love them. So I wear a lot of different hats in in, in really my do. head and in life. Yeah. I think we all eventually, if we want to, I think that's part of the fun of life is being able to switch hats and try out new things and explore different possibilities and pathways. Um, it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, as you say, some hats um, you wear for a very short period of time and other hats you wear throughout your life. So it's, it's kind of a very interesting analogy to keep with the hat. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm a mom and I'll, I'll wear that hat for from, you know, forever. And mm-hmm. I would never want to I would never want to take that hat off. I mean, it's it's being a parent is probably no one ever told me. I think, like, I look at my daughter now, she's 11, and she rolls her eyes at me like, oh, my God, who is this crazy woman, right? (laughs) And I remember doing that to my mom, and then I had these moments where I think back to, like, oh, my God, I was, like, so rough on my poor mother, you know? Because they don't don't tell you the great highs and the great lows you're going to have when you have a child and it's it's probably the most amazing experience of my entire life but once you enter into that once you put that hat on it is never coming off i i agree how old is your son so i have a son who's going to be eight and i have a daughter who's 11 going on 40 mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't it amazing the way the girls i mean they are you know they're five going on 20 and then 11 going on 40 <laughs> you know i think it's really i mean i'm 45 and, you know, we go through these phases in our life where we have totally different perspectives than we did when we were 20 or when we were 15. And one of the things that I find really fascinating about my 11-year-old is I look at her and what she's dealing with in life and what she's exposed to in her life and what she's having to sort of comprehend and make sense of. And I was never near that when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even close to that. And it makes me think about like, wow, like what is she going to be like when she, what is she going to, how is she going to think when she's 20 looking at the way she has to think now? It's pretty it, kind of mind blowing. Well, I think that they are growing up with so, as you put it earlier, so many hats, but they're wearing them so much sooner they're being yeah. confronted with so many choices along the way. And I feel as though I'm, I'm older than you are. And I feel as though I grew up in such an innocent age where we really were not as exposed to as much. And I think the children will benefit from that. And it's also somewhat of a difficulty, a challenge for them as well. Well, I actually think it's more of a challenge for us as the parents. That's a good point. You know, because I look at my kids and I think that sometimes I worry about them. And then I kind of have to step back and observe them operate in the world. And I go, you know, they don't know any different. They don't know like, oh, it was so much simpler back when I was a child. This is what it is for them. So I used to do that with them. I used to have that story running in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I had to stop and say, you know what? If I keep saying that, they're going to be confused. This is – it's like the big you know, spiritual sacred cow. My book is called Tipping Sacred Cows and I I Mm -hmm. love them. Um, One of the biggest spiritual sacred cows is to live in the moment, right? So I'm constantly having to remind myself, oh, I have to parent in this moment. I can't parent – this child the way I was parented because it's a totally different reality. I think they almost dictate to us how they're going to be parented. I have a daughter and son as well. And um, they're very interesting. The girls are very, very verbal and very expressive. 
and opinionated. <laughs> nah, you think so? <laughs> I don't know where my daughter gets that from at all. But um, but yeah, I'm writing a parenting book right now. Uh, I the, the title is shocking, but you expect nothing less from me. All my titles are a little bit shocking. It's called "It Came Out of My Vagina." Now what? Um, <laughs> just let that sit for a second. And you know. I like to tackle all of these things with humor because I think we need to laugh a lot more than we do. I think just as humans, we need to lighten up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a big part of what I talk about in the book was a big moment for me uh, in parenting was the realization that this was not just a mini version of me and that th this being was that was standing in front of me was an individual and that I... My parenting experience got better and better as I began to observe who they were and to honor that as opposed to trying to teach them to be me. It's such a delicate balance to, mm -hmm. to not be overprotective. And I'm not a parent, so I, I mean, I am a parent to my puppy, and I'm overprotective to my puppy, so I can't even imagine what it would be like with an actual child. But, you know, just to let them be, um, express themselves and be creative and go down the path that really, you know, really sparks them but sort of keep them safe at the same time and, and not to stifle anything. I mean, I, I admire you ladies because uh, that, that's, that's a full-time job. It, it is, but it's also, I, for me, I have to remind myself, oh, this is what I would want. I want to not be stifled. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to go down whatever. I'm stubborn. You know, I've been, I could be told a million times, if you go down that path, you know, there's prickly porn, cor, uh, thorns and you're going to hurt yourself, and I'm walking down the path and I'm getting pricked over and over and over again so you know i have to realize it's like well that's what i want for myself you know there i think that in parenting especially we've gotten really freaked out over safety and you mm. know i'm i'm safe like i have a trampoline i got a net around it you know my kids mostly wear helmets i, I did say mostly wear helmets when they ride their bikes <laughs> sometimes they don't i'm just being honest you know i'm not a perfect parent but i also kind of have to realize it's like you know i go don't listen to my friends and my advisors and the wise people around me. So how can I always expect them to do so? And they're never going to learn if they don't have their own experience. If they don't, the, the best learning I've had with my kids is when I've told, you know, my daughter or my son, well, here's what's probably going to go down if you do that. But why don't you, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And they go down the path. They have the experience. They come back and they go, wow, okay, you were right. That hurt. And so it's a good give, or, give and take. But it's the same thing that we do in our own adult relationships all the time. You know, we're stubborn and we need to learn by experience. Humans, yeah. that's how we learn. We, we are less able, our brains and the way we're sort of wired is wired for experience. Mm -hmm. And like if you, you know, somebody can tell you something and you can take that in as data but you won't actually have a real cell memory of it or a true wisdom until you've actually experienced it for yourself. So kids are no different than that, really. The, the difference between me and a kid is that I'm probably going to be a little bit better at deciding which cliff I'm going to jump off of, but not always, than my kid might. You know. But in the end, I don't think we ever grow up. I mean, for me... A really wonderful man who I adore, a gentleman named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who, who wrote the foreword for my book, gave me one piece of parenting advice that, that I think is probably the only piece of parenting advice I'm really going to stick with. And he said, teach your kids emotional intelligence mm -hmm. because most of us as adults never learned it. 
I, I had to figure, I had to really learn it. I mean, after I made the bleep, I, I had all the data for emotional intelligence. I explained to you, I could explain to you the neuroscience and the behavioral science and the body chemistry around emotional intelligence. But it wasn't until I really began to incorporate that understanding into my day-to-day operation, the way I operated in life, that I really went, oh, this is really important. Like, I think we should be teaching this over math, you know, in school. Because if you really understand emotional intelligence, then you're going to jump off less cliffs and the cliffs that you jump off are going to be really fun and there's going to be an awesome ocean underneath you to catch you. But most of the time we don't do that. No, but it, it's so interesting as you talk because I'm parenting moments are coming back to me at this point um, because I now have two small grandchildren, uh, one and three years old. And it is such a different experience and so delightfully um, freeing. And when you watch them, <laughs> they, they may buck against you as teenagers, but when they get a little bit older and they find themselves having taken advantage of whatever advice had been freely given or absorbed, um, we are a lot more the same than we think we are different. And I think we're raising sassy women. I love it. Strong, sassy women. Does that make sense? You know, my daughter recently was told by somebody in her life that she was bossy like her mother, (laughs) right? And uh, she came to me and she said... So I was told I was bossy like you. I said, good for you. Mm -hmm. Awesome that you're bossy. I said, you know what? Bossy is not a bad word. Bossy has been made a bad word because people don't like it when women are empowered. Now, there's a difference between being bossy and, excuse my expression, bitchy. There's two very different things. Mm -hmm. So you can be in your power and strong-willed, and you can even be stubborn and adamant and be a great leader. You don't have to be a jerk about it. I said, that's the, I said, Alora, you're, you're young and you're working that particular balance out. And you know what? I didn't figure out a lot of that until maybe mid thirties, some of it. It takes time to find that balance of between bitchy and bossy. And so I think that, yeah, I'm glad that she's bossy. I'm glad that she knows what she wants. She's very clear about it, you know? I think one of the other things that of difference between bossy and bitchy is you can be bossy with respect, bitchy usually doesn't come with respect. Mm. Right. Right. You know, the way right. you treat and you others. you have to is- learn that. You have to learn that. I mean, that's the thing with my daughter. I think that's part of the rebellion that sort of she goes through, which is that she's rebelling because she's testing, well, what's the difference? How do I work this machine? How do I operate this in a way that, because I know that she's filled with love and compassion. She's just yeah. trying to figure out how to operate it. Betsy, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to hear more about your sacred cows, and I also want to hear uh, what uh, the bleep do we know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, okay. that was a, a film that you crea- uh, cre- created, and I want to hear more about that, too. So uh, don't go away. We're going to be back after the break uh, with Linda and Betsy. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can. With lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. 
Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hi, we're back. Um, if you've missed any part of the show today, you can always go to uh, our website, uh, poweredup.com. You can go to toginet.com uh, and, and get our shows and all of our past shows. And we're also um, on uh, iTunes. So uh, there's lots of ways to, to find us uh, if you're not uh, listening live. Today, uh, uh, Sandra is away. So uh, we've got another Linda here. And we're talking with uh, Betsy Chassie. And we're going to be – she wrote a book called Tipping Sacred Cows. And we've been talking about that. And I really want to find out – now more about what are sacred cows and why do we have to tip them? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Jeez, we have so much to do already. Well, so a sacred cow is a belief that we hold up against criticism. It's, it's anything that we hold up against criticism. The Bible is a sacred cow. The Constitution is a sacred cow. It's anything that we leave we don't question and we follow. And as humans, essentially, we are meaning attaching machines. We attach a meaning to everything that we see. That's how we interpret our reality. We see something, we attach a meaning to it, and we repeat it back out into the world. So if you love to see a rose and it's beautiful, you attach a beautiful meaning to it. And you see beautiful, you feel beauty. It's very much how our system works. It's very basic and simple. And so... What happens to us as we grow up is that we begin to attach meanings and take on beliefs about the world that we live in. So like a really simple example might be, you know, when you were little, um, I use this example in my book, you, you know, had a ex bad experience with somebody with a red shirt. And now subconsciously for the rest of your life, anytime anybody's wearing a red shirt, you might feel subconscious. You might feel uncomfortable around that person. But you don't really know why because it's a hidden belief that's, that's hiding in the crevices of, of your subconscious. 
And that's how we see the world. So if you look at your reality right now and you want to know, well, what do I believe? Look at how you're interpreting reality. Look at your relationships. Look at how you experience relationships. Look at how you experience love. Look at how you experience money. All of those things in life are based on what you believe. And for a lot of us, we're carrying around old belief patterns that actually don't serve us. It's what's really holding us back from having that life that we truly desire. Because if you don't believe it, you can't see it. Right. Um, it's just the way it works. So for me, why I need to teach them is because, you know, a few years ago, four years ago, I got divorced. I mean, first of all, I made What the Bleep Do We Know? And most people know what that film is. But it took me from being some random, obscure filmmaker to a hugely successful film. And all of a sudden that I knew, I, I figured out that I knew everything. And I was the spiritual know-it-all and went all around the world talking to people about how if they just, you know, had a positive attitude and th their thoughts affected reality, everything would be honky dory. That's that part about data versus integration. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, leave it to life to come back and remind me, oh yeah, you think you've got this all figured out? Well, we're just going to completely destroy and dismantle the entire life you just worked so hard to build. So my life completely fell apart. My marriage fell apart. My money fell apart. Like everything pretty much fell apart. Um, which is a really frightening moment, but it was also an opportunity. I, I, I realized like, wow, I now have the opportunity to really rebuild a new life. They talk about mm -hmm. creating a new life or reinventing a new life. But what happens to most of us is that we end up recreating that new life with the same belief system that we created the other one with. We might have new furniture in the apartment, but the belief system is still the same. And so why you have to tip your sacred cows is because if you really want to create the life of your dreams, you can't use the same old paintbrushes. You Good have point. to know. And so you also have to know, well, what, what paintbrushes was, was I painting with before? What colors did I use that got me here? And do I really want to keep using those colors? I sort of, I look at it like this. If like, if your life is like a bazillion pieces of glass sitting in front of you and you're like, I want to put this picture back together again, you know, take the time to pick up each piece of glass and go, well, what is this piece of glass? Do I really want it? And do I want to put it back into my picture? Most of the time, if you take the time to do that inventory, you realize that you don't really want half of what you think you believe. Right. You're like, what the heck am I doing with all this crap? I don't want any of this glass. I want all new glass. So that's what well, belief system and that's what sacred cows are. Well, I think that's the hardest part is actually taking responsibility, looking at that and saying, hmm, maybe what I'm doing isn't working for me anymore. Um, taking that first step for a lot of people is, is a really tough step because you're kind of taking a step into the unknown, which is, you know, pretty scary. They'd rather well, live with the devil they know. Yeah, that's so much more comfortable. I have a game at the end of the, my book and it's called My Life Sucks. And I played this game. I came up with this game because, first of all, I really wanted to know what is it that I really believe about myself and the world around me. I mean, I think you think you know, but you don't really know. And so the beginning of the game is you can't play this game and you can't write these things down. You have to record yourself because what people tend to do when they're writing is they edit before they yep. write the work. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get into some free association time. So give yourself some space. Get tr Trust me, do it alone. Um, when you've got pl plenty of time by yourself, put a recorder out. And I like to have fun and be funny and light. So I start with my life sucks because. And then I just start throwing out. And if you give yourself the space to just say whatever comes into your mind and you record it, when you play that back, you're going to hear 
what you really believe about your life and what you believe about what you what beliefs you're holding on to. You're going to see them right then and there. And then the next step of the game, because it's, it's really important because you said people don't really want to take that responsibility. You're right. We would rather blame everybody. It is my parents' fault that I'm short and therefore I have a big butt. It is my children's <laughs> fault that my stomach is squishy and I'll never have an awesome bikini body again. So you blame everybody because really we want to. And we're afraid to out in the public because it's not very spiritual. But here's the thing. You're doing it in your head. And that's part of the problem. We're doing all this shadow stuff in our head and we're hiding it from everybody because we don't really want anybody to know that we're blaming all these people, but we secretly are. And the more we hold on to that, the more it festers and the more it blocks you from having the life of your dreams. So give your give yourself the freedom right then and there. No one's listening. Blame everybody. Blame your third grade teacher. Whoever you want to blame, blame them, right? Get it out. And then the third thing that I tell people to do is to admit that they just failed at everything. Because you know what? Most of us actually believe we've failed. Even if we're really out there in the world and we think we've done all this great stuff, there's a part of us that believes that we're failures because there's a huge sense of low self-esteem in humanity right now, right? There's either this, mm -hmm. even if, even if you're observing somebody who seemingly has huge self-esteem, most of the time that's just a mask for the hidden low self-esteem that they have. So get it out. Give yourself the, I failed at being a mother. I failed at marriage. I failed at, I didn't go to college. I failed at all this stuff. Just get it out of the open. It is the most freeing experience you will have to just scream it, say it, do it, get it out. And then it's out of you. And then you can start to say, okay, what is it that I think I believe? What is it that I believe? Do I still want to believe that? Is it actually true? Most of the time, the stuff that you believe isn't even true. And even if it was true 20 years ago, it's probably not true now. It's like cleaning out your closet. It's like, how often do we need to just go through our closet and go, really, do I still need this pair of jeans that I wore 25 years ago? I do not think so. And we just I'm clean it out. I'm going to ask you a question. You did the, this this book and, 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 and tipping your sacred cows after you, you, um, was, your marriage was over and you said you lost, you know, economically it sort of yep. went down the, down the toilet. If you had done yep. this prior to these things happening, do you think it would have turned out differently? I don't think that I would have done these things prior. I can't, I don't, here's the thing I, I caution people. People always ask, you know, does it, is it require crisis for change? The sad truth is that most of the time it does. Yes. But that's part of, that's, that's, that's part of life. It's like you can only, what is it? There's a saying, you know, you can only, the, the eyes can only see what the eyes are ready to see. The ears yeah. can only hear what the ears are ready to hear. So I, um, one of the things that I stopped doing a long time ago was going, gee, if I had only known then what I know now. Because I wouldn't know what I know now if I hadn't done what I did then. We have yeah. to stop second guessing our lives. I am, you know, for what it's worth, I am loved my time being married and I loved my divorce, even though it was awful and still is sometimes dealing with co-parenting is not easy. Mm -mm. And I love that it is what it is because this is evolution. I am growing. I am expanding and I am learning and there's no other way for me to do that um, except by living and living isn't easy. We have this habit of saying life should be full of bliss and should be so wonderfully easy. I'm here to tell you, no, that's boring. Betsy, I've got a question for you. We talked about hats in the beginning and you mentioned mm -hmm. masks. 
I think women do tend to wear masks or you might fall back into a mask. I want you to combine in your mind and express what comes to mind when you think about wearing a mask with one of your hats. Well, listen, we're always wearing masks. You know, it takes a lot of personal work to get to a place where you as an individual, as a being, can really live your true self. Mm-hmm. That is really hard all of the time. I-, I let go of trying to hold myself to that standard. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. What I can do is be conscious and aware of, okay, I'm entering into a situation where I have to do a tough negotiation. What hat am I going to put on? What mask am I going to be? And making sure that that mask reflects my authentic self. It doesn't, it's like operating in integrity, We I would call it. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't break my integrity of my true self. But yeah, do I need to be firm and strong and harsh in this meeting? And, and is that still being compassionate and kind and loving? Yes, because sometimes you you have to be firm and powerful while being compassionate. So it's all about staying in integrity, but being aware of your mask. Like, you know, I go out, on, I went out on a date. Am I insecure and worried that I'm not going to be beautiful enough? Yes. I just honor that space. Do I maybe try to behave in a certain way to impress somebody? Yes, I do that. But if I'm aware of it, then I can begin to really say, okay, I don't have to be that way. One of the things that I did in my life was make a promise to myself that I was going to just be my authentic self all the time, as much as I could be. And that if that didn't jive with the people around me, then that meant I was with the wrong people. You know, perfectly said. And I, I believe that we're going to go to a short break and then come back for more because you're, you're absolutely right. Masks and hats, it all goes together, and authenticity is really the name of the game. Thank you so much. You're listening to Powered Up with Beck and Franklin, and we will be right back. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. 
Be Here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. And we were talking on the break, Betsy, about character and being true to ourselves and behavior differences and, and the use of the English language to sort of explain what it is that we're doing and, and how to define those things with people. It, it can get all caught up because the English language is complex. Well, I don't think the English language is complex. I think my really great friend of mine and wonderful teacher says it's kerplunk. It's the, it's a kerplunk. horrible way Good to word. kerplunk. He says kerplunk um, because, and he's right, because it's the worst tool for communication ever, mostly because English is very black. It's either A, very black and white, and people interpret it as such, and or it's also like this weird nebulous, one word can mean 18 different things. Mm. And the other thing you have to consider in all this is that we're never actually, very rarely are we actually truly communicating. What's most of the time occurring is that I'm speaking words. You're interpreting them through your belief system. You're reacting to what your belief system said my words meant. And then you're spewing that back at me. And I'm going, what is she talking about? I didn't say that. And that's how we, that's how what we mostly do all of the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's really frustrating. So for me, you know, one of the things that I practice, begun to practice in my own life is when somebody says something to me, it, I have a tendency, if I hear something that my, I could really interpret it in a negative way, you know, I look at the person and I go, you know, this person probably isn't trying to hurt me. They're probably just trying to communicate something and I'm filtering it through my crazy belief system. So here's a crazy idea. I'll ask them, what, what do you mean? I don't <laughs> understand what you mean. Can you, I'm, and I'm sorry, but I'm really trying to hear you. It's amazing what happens when this, when you do this, because you, less fights occur because of the, of the, because you're trying to get a sort of baseline into what language are we talking? I think we were talking in the break about the idea of like good or bad. And we were talking about, you know, communicating to kids. You know, my kids get got caught up very much in the idea of am I a good kid or am I a bad kid? And I had to really reframe, reframe that for them and say, look, you aren't good or bad. You are. And I personally, I think you're an amazing, beautiful, loving being. And so if you want to term that good, then go for it. You're never bad. You're exhibiting a behavior that isn't going to serve you. And you have the choice to change that behavior. That behavior does not make you who you are. 
And one, and it's, you know, it's a constant reminder to them because it's, that's complex and they have to try to wrap their head around that. But it's important because that's what we have to do. You know, I, there are days when I am a huge asshole. I am pissed off at the world. I am cranky. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm PMSy. I didn't get my coffee. I didn't get my cigarette, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I am mad at you. And I'm being an asshole. But that's not who I am. Now, the difference is that when we go back to that idea of operating in integrity is that I really make an effort to go, wow, I was a huge asshole just now. And I need to take responsibility for that. You know, there's a big thing in the new age movement, a sacred cow of mine that's a big pet peeve as well, is this idea that people get to sort of like get out of, get out of a spiritual prison free card by simply saying, wow, that's just your perception. No, you know what? If you're a jerk, you need to own up to being a jerk. <laughs> My perception of you being a jerk is actually legit. So we have to be really careful with that. It's like really looking for me in life. It's about operating in integrity, operating from my authentic self, accepting the fact that I'm going to screw it up 99% of the time and taking responsibility when I do. And when I do that and when I become consciously aware of the, the easiest way to do that is to be able to go become consciously aware. So when I'm a jerk, I can say, wow, I was a huge jerk. What was happening in that moment to make me respond that way? Oh, this person said something that rubbed up against my ego about being smart or whatever. And so I reacted with hurt instead of stepping back and going, wow, this person probably doesn't mean that. You know, you're talking about the English language being kerplunk. I think as I listen to you, I love it because communication is sometimes very challenging. But if you do it right, and as you have your back and forth with people and ask them exactly what they really meant, and as you said, it, it makes it a smoother transition, aren't you really talking about connecting with other people? Well, yes. I had a really funny experience today. I went to the post office to pick up a registered mail, which is generally not very good news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I'm standing in the long post office line running my program of what's wrong now, blah, 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 you know, and um, this older gentleman comes into line behind me and I smile at him because I really do try to smile at, and, and look at people in the eye and, and se- send out a little love burst if I can, even if I'm cranky. Um, not always easy, but I try. So I sent out my little love burst to this little man. And all of a sudden, he begins to share his entire life story with me. <laughs> oh, my. We've all had no, that experience. I, yeah, but good you timing. Know, it was sweet because you could tell that his wife had just passed away four months ago. This was a woman that he loved dearly. They traveled all over the world together. He had grandchildren who just came to visit him. He, she was the glue that held him together. I mean, he literally said to me, I've been numb ever since. And I just, I had this moment where I thought, I just looked at him and allowed him to tell his story. And I just really opened my heart to him. And we slowly moved up the line. I mean, I got a lot of information, believe me. It was about 10 minutes, right? And finally, it was my turn, and he was in the midst of something, telling me that his grandson had gotten leukemia, and he was right in the middle of that, and it was my turn, and it was like, well, I could just turn around and walk away, but I let him finish, and to, to probably, as I said on Facebook today, to the chagrin of, like, the other 20 people that had now lined up behind us, right? Like, <laughs> seriously, honey, just go. <laughs> Tell him to shut up, right? But I didn't want to do that. I was like, you know what? No, this man needs connection right now. 
He needs somebody to be his witness and to listen to him. So I let him finish his sentence and I said, you know, I, I have to go now. And he looked at me and he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just, I just dumped all of this on you and I feel terrible. I said, no, 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 don't feel terrible. I really enjoyed talking to you. I really want you to have a great day. And he looked back at me like I was a little bit crazy, but also a little more at peace. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so good because, A, I just spent 10 minutes not in my drama. Mm-hmm. And I spent 10 minutes just giving something to somebody else, some love. And it felt really great. And that's what connection is. It, I, I, was, I say this often, like we often do this. How often do you guys say to somebody, oh, how are you? And really want an answer. You want to hear, I'm fine, how are you? Because that's all what we expect each other to say. But when we really look for connection, I don't ask that question lightly anymore. Like I've Mm -hmm. stopped. If I don't have time to really connect with you and hear your answer to how you are, then I won't ask it. And it's kind of off-putting to some people sometimes because they expect you to ask it. But really, it's a profound, important question. If we really ask that question more often with the sincerity of being willing to stop and listen to the answer, then we would have, we would feel so much more connected to people. Yeah, we probably would. And when people ask me, I mean, I, I don't go into a whole, because I, I know people don't even, no, people don't want to hear it. People want to hear, happy, like you say, happy answers. You know, they don't want to hear your, your drama of the day. So, well, um, you know, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, you know, even in, I live in New York, so there's people going up and down the elevator. I mean, it's, most people get in and say, you know, good morning, how are you, you know, kind of thing. And, that, and that's it. Fine. Goodbye. <laughs> We're off well, to do our if, thing. If you, even if you do that, if somebody comes to me and they say, hey, how are you? And I know they're not really looking for a real answer. I take a moment to stop and say, hey, I'm well. Thank you for asking. And I give yeah. – looking people in mm-hmm. the eye and just taking that extra moment. You know, you can you got to judge. Like you don't want to just spill like, you know, my life sucks and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I one of the things I did start doing in my life – especially when I was in the really early stages of my divorce and there was a lot of pain, people would say, hey, how are you? And I would go, you know, I'm really in a tough spot right now. And uh, thank you for asking. And it's hard and I'm going to get through it, but I'm not in a great place. And I, I would give them the out so they didn't have to get into my drama. But I also found that most people were like, wow, really? What's going on? Or, oh, I'm having a hard, God, I'm having a really tough day too. And then we would sit down and she would share her story and I would share my story and we would connect. And it's amazing when you just say, hey, I, when somebody says to you, how are you? If you give them permission to say, I'm ready to connect with you. What do you, I'm here to share with you or I'm going to open my heart to you. People dive into your heart. People mm-hmm. are so desperate for it that they will dive right in. That connection is so important because with the prevalence of the social media and the online and the quick and the I'm fine, etc., the accessibility when someone actually looks at you and wants to hear, that's a gift. You, you were a blessing to that man today. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I hope so. I mean, and he was a blessing to me, actually. So, I mean, I don't look at it as like... Oh gosh, I'm so great because I did that. I look at it and go, what a beautiful interaction between two human beings mm-hmm. that needed it. You know, because the truth is he really needed someone to talk to. And I just really needed a moment to listen as opposed to being caught up in my story. So it was a beautiful, mutually beneficial moment. 
And we could have those all the time, but most of the time I can say safely for myself too, that I get caught up in my bull crap. Yeah. I mean, we're walking down the street and we have this, you know, this, this tape going in our heads about everything we have to do or, or what had just happened or what's going to happen in two hours or, and yeah, that's, that's, if we can turn off that, that, that damn tape um, and just appreciate where we are at that moment and who's there around us at that moment, life becomes so much sweeter. It's that busyness. Right. Well, that's what we're all looking. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah. You know, we're all looking for the sweetness of life, but we have this expectation that it's going to come when we do this, that, and the other thing. And for me, I just realized there's this really funny, you know, we're constantly told, Pursue happiness, seek enlightenment, find balance, right? This is constantly what we're told. Oh, I've got to seek happiness today. I've got to pursue balance. I've got to pursue enlightenment or whatever they are. And the funny thing about, you know, the concept of spirituality or the new age movement is there's a big sacred cow, which is that everything you're looking for is within you. So if I'm looking, seeking, pursuing, and finding, and I've already got it within me, then I don't actually need to pursue, seek, or find. I need to see. And so I just started seeing balance in my life, seeing happiness in my life, seeing that I was becoming not enlightened in that sort of egocentral, I'm an enlightened master, but that I was, the, the definition of enlightenment is to know thyself, that I was learning about myself. And when I began to see that that was happening, I got off the rat race of trying to pursue, seek, or find. We, we've got to go. Um, the show is over. Yeah. Um, anybody that wants to learn more about Bet- Betsy and the book, her, her website is Betsy Chassie.net. Please go. Um, it, it, great tapes, great information. You're going to love it. I want to thank Linda for being on the show today. And uh, Sandra and I will see you back on the Powered Up Talk Radio next Tuesday. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 